everybody, get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David Nikki Nellis, a foodie born and bred. My wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under twenty dollars. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis on this beautiful, sweaty, moist Sunday morning. It's Um, steamy out there. I I have awesome news for everyone. I have pardoned everyone in the studio and (laughs) myself. I just wanted you (laughs) to to know that for any crimes against my wife. Um... So, an old friend of ours and friend of the show went into partnership with uh, two other friends of his, uh, Brent Kroll, who's a famous psalm in the city, and uh, went into world partnership. World famous. World famous with Nikki Lang and Daniel Runnerstrom. Who, who are runner-ups to being world runner famous. Runner-ups, yeah. I mean, You're the, close. Yeah. And they, they opened up Maxwell Park, which is a 33-seat gem of a wine bar over in, uh, um, uh, is it Shaw, Shaw officially? It's Shaw. Officially Shaw. It's got a great breezy patio. They've got great wines. Okay. They're coming in, and yes, they're, they're here. here. And we're going to and we're going to savor in studio, which and then I'm we're gonna very put ice cream ex- on it. excited for. Yes. So um, on a hot sweltering day, who doesn't want ice cream? And it is also National Ice Cream Month. And in studio with us, every is, month is national. Right, pastry chef Fabrice uh, Vendano, who has been in studio with us before from Le Diplomat. They are doing fabulous ice cream sorbets. Bonjour, mon ami. And uh, we're going to be talking about all of that in just a little bit. Now, this Tuesday, July 25th, the Watergate Hotel is doing an incredible dinner. Um, They are bringing locally and nationally revered chefs together to celebrate Jean-Louis. And it'll be at the Kingbird. And it's chefs like Brian McBride and Robert Wiedemeyer and Michael... Lace Conus. Lace Conus. Am I right? But in studio, we do have Chef Michael Santoro, who's going to be talking about everything that's going on at the restaurant and general manager of the hotel, Jeff David. So we're so excited to hear what's going on there. All right. And uh, district distilling chef uh, Justin Bittner is famous for a dish he created called a fried chicken biscuit. And uh, Justin's not in today, but Che Yi is in. Um, he's the, uh, what are the, COO? Where are you, Che? Director of Ops. Director he's the of Director Ops. of Ops. Whatever, same damn thing. Okay. I mean, on this show, you can be COO. Uh, they've started a new happy hour called the Backroom Biscuit Happy Hour. Uh, we're going to be eating biscuits and talking about what they're doing there. And a, a, a relatively new friend, but a good guy, is Nick Farrell, who's the talented barkeep at Neighborhood Restaurant Group's storied Iron Gate, the former... Um, stables of General Nelson Miles, mm-hmm. George Custer, all of that. Okay. And that's over on N Street. But uh, Nick is a real concocter of, of, uh, of artisan cocktails. cocktails, and we're going to be trying that, too. Um, but we, first, yeah, we've got Mitch let's Berliner go to Mitch on the Berliner. Phone. Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Good morning, kids. Good you, morning. How, how goes things at the market today? Well, it's the height of the season. It's just We are so loaded with every kind of fruits and vegetables. Freestone peaches are in now. Mm-hmm. They are just wonderful for obviously eating pies, but take that, take some heirloom tomatoes, make your own salsa. We are loaded with every kind of cantaloupes and melons. And it's just, this is the height. This is the time you want to come down. Of course, you want to come all the time. Obviously. Shoshito peppers of the season. I don't know uh, many of your... Um, oh, so shishito peppers are, are the ones that when you roast them, like every fifth one is really spicy. Like you never know which one is going to be the spicy one, right? 
Right. It's something like that. It's usually not that. It's usually more like one in ten, but mm-hmm. they won't blow your brains out. And you blister them. They take a couple of minutes. You finish it with some uh, finishing salt. takes a couple minutes, and they're fabulous. Does he I sound like. tired to you? Are you tired from the Maccabi game still? What's the matter with you? You're sounding... I'm you know, hoarse. You're, you're hoarse. hoarse? <laughs> you? I'm hoarse from talking to people all day long. You're hoarse from talking to people. <laughs> yes, I'm trying to come out of my shell. I'm doing Okay, that. but so, Mitch, just tell everybody, because you have multiple markets, and we always talk about the one going on on Sunday, but let's tell everybody about the other locations. Thank you. We have three markets, two on Sunday, Mosaic and the Marital Area of Fairfax, and, of course, Bethesda, our oldest market. We also have a wonderful market on Saturday, and the Pike and Rose a mixed-use development, which mm-hmm. is a wonderful development. So those are the three markets. Everybody can get plenty of information on going to our social media and, of course, our website at centralfarmmarkets.com. That's plural, centralfarmmarkets.com. And um, That's great, that's Mitch. Visit us. All right, Mitch. Thank you so much. Miss you, Mitch. Feel better. All right. Have a great you week. Got it. Okay, All right. Bye. So, <laughs> Nick Farrell. You didn't start out to be a mixologist, did you? No, no. What did you start out to be? Like a forest ranger? Or what? Um, let's see. I, I started out um, doing uh, actually paralegal work for a. Well, that'll make you drink. Yeah, Wait, I'm falling exactly. asleep already. It's no, I'm, yeah, yeah. No, it was a Department of Energy contractor in Ohio. So you but... would go home and drink, and then you suddenly realize. No, I. I had actually worked in restaurants before that throughout college, mm-hmm. so um, just picked it back up after I left Ohio. Well, since it's like a little reunion in studio here today with, you know, you and um, well, you and Daniel, Daniel were, were, and were Brent, tests. everybody was at, neighbor, was at Iron Gate together. Yeah. Nikki, what's wrong with you? You oh. weren't there. Um, <laughs> you she was, she was busy what's being super. Um, <laughs> so how did you come up with the latest cocktail program? Uh, well, we actually kept it in line uh, really with we kept it in line really with the wine program uh, as well as the food. So mm-hmm. um, trying to stick with Greek and Southern Italian ingredients and then uh, sticking local as much as possible um, and doing riffs on classics. And well, you brought in like your thing. whole bar today. So what, what are you making? first? <laughs> so first we're making a cocktail called We Can Do It. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually uh, we started doing this. Um, Right around the Women's March. Uh, right I feel around, like we should be yeah. like, yes, we can. Yes, exactly. Um, no, my and in the, the car. idea was um, we did this during the Women's March. We supported um, N Street Village, which is a women's shelter mm-hmm. a few blocks from Iron Gate, um, and donated a couple of dollars from each cocktail uh, to them. Um, so it's actually a bourbon from a women-owned distillery in D.C., uh, Republic Restoratives. We've had them in studio. Uh, yeah. They're and then uh, lime juice, orange oleosaccharum, and something called Cafe Mazzotti Le Aperitivo. All right. Well, is... you get to shaking. Yeah. All right. yeah while you're doing that. Because what we need more than a cocktail is wine on top of it. Right. That, we need right? some wine first, and then we're going to have – we're going right. to do so this right. Daniel, Nikki, and Brent. Let's – I don't know. Maxwell Park is named after – well, really, a place from your youth. So let's start with you. know you. what, Brent? If you want to, why don't you go over to that mic over there? I mean, I hate to separate you from your crew. I know. But I know. Look, they're you're getting the You're really far away. We spend away. a lot of time together. All right. So, so how did this all happen? Uh, it's kind of paying a homage to a park I used to go to as a kid when I was growing up in Detroit. It was like a wooden playground. And it wasn't one of those plastic ones. And it was right by railroad tracks. And it was just like a special feeling to go there frequently. So I wanted to name it not like a... 
you know, some like bougie wine term. I want to name it after something sentimental. You're a sentimentalist. Look that a little bit. So nice. All right. But so let's talk about how the three of you came together. Because you each are well known in your own in the field. So what brought the three of you together? Uh, well, I worked on the uh, the Iron Gate project with Daniel, mm-hmm. and he was probably one of the best people I've worked with in my career, and definitely really respected him. He's not Iron Look Gate. at that. <laughs> <laughs> and the two of us, we were the the first two, and we really uh, admired Nikki as well. So we asked her to kind of join our our team. Oh my God! Now she's nodding. <laughs> <laughs> the idea was that if you come into the bar, it's not a different experience whether like I'm there or not, or Daniel's there or not. We have three like talented sommeliers that are doing a thirty seat bar. I mean, that's something that it doesn't happen. Well, so let's talk about the wine bar concept for all of you, because about like 12 years ago, there was like a rash of wine bars that opened in D.C. And then it's sort of like it's not that there's well, several of them aren't here anymore. There's like one or two left. But the idea of a wine bar, can you explain what that means? Like, what is a wine bar to you? Uh yeah. yeah. So, so Daniel, what we're trying to do is, is every time you come in, you should be able to get something new. So mm-hmm. you've got 50 wines by the glass mm-hmm. and you could possibly try all 50 wines by, sorry, you could possibly try all 50 wines in one month if mm-hmm. you're coming in a lot and doing some serious work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but chances are you won't. Um, and we're going to change those 50 wines pretty much every month. We have a rotating theme mm-hmm. uh, that half of those wines are dedicated to. Mm-hmm. So at least 25 of the wines are changing each month. So every time you come in, you're getting a new glass. Okay. Uh, and there's a whole bottle list on top of that. Well, so Nikki, how did you work with the two guys on putting your stamp on the wines? I mean, I assume you each have your area of expertise where you're like, no, 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 these are the wines that I really love. How did you go about doing that? Well, we taste everything together for mm-hmm. the most part, um, but since they've worked together before, they mm-hmm. kind of have, you know, a similar view on wine, and I'm a little different just from, you know, our experiences. They've both been to Greece. They mm-hmm. both um, are a bit more familiar with orange wines and, you know, a bit more of the funkier stuff. Mm-hmm. I think I might be a bit more um, on the classic side. Okay. So it's just, it's really fun just talking about everything and tasting things together. We all have different views on everything. So, so and I think what's really interesting about the wine offerings is that while anybody can get a wine that they're familiar with, you would really be missing the point by not trying something really new and different and, and stretching your palate. So what would each of you say, like, what did we pour? Like, what did, what are we drinking right this moment? So uh, the first wine is Bianchetto, Bianchetto Genovese. Mm-hmm. Um, it's from Liguria. Uh, the producer is Bisson. Mm-hmm. So this is one of my favorite wines. It's very briny. It has a lot of that sea spray um, mm-hmm. kind of delicate like tree fruit like mm. crunchy like pear and green apple skin um and it's really about everything but the fruit so you get a lots of um savory notes and again that minerality that really comes all right through. i got a question for you guys that's a little different from the consumer side because nikki is the one with the educated palate my palate is still in <laughs> elementary school and we'll stay there are you still seeing people who come in who you know, they're tentative. They don't really know a lot about wine, and they're with people perhaps who do. And, that you know, that can be intimidating when you walk in and and you don't know anything. So do you get that? And is there a wine education process? We get all types. Um, and the idea is that everyone should, again, everyone should be able to find something they like, whether they're the novice or there's someone that wants to mm-hmm. try something or is there someone that's tried everything and wants to try something new or revisit a classic. Um but yeah, sometimes there's a learning curve, but that's that's kind of the idea that 
that Brent was alluding to earlier is that you're getting the three of us and the three of us should be able to interact with anyone that comes in. So if you want a dissertation, we mm -hmm. can give you a, a brief one. Uh, if you just want to, you know, hang out and get a get something easy and crisp and light because it's hot outside, we can give you that too. You know, we're, we're happy with we're happy with everyone. Do you feel that you're able to communicate with people who come to the bar because it's crowded? Yeah, you know, which is a good thing. But like, you know, because there's so much going on with the 50 wines that you're offering, are you able to, you know, really get in front of people and be like, let me explain why this is so great or why you're going to like it? Are you able to have that kind of talks? Yeah, I think that like when people come in, a really interesting interaction is like they're like, "Well, do you, you're a wine bar? Do you have flights?" And it's like, "Tell me what you like to drink. I'll make you whatever whatever you want in terms of a flight." Uh -huh. um, we don't list them on the menu because they're custom for what your palate is. When people come in to to talk to us, it might take us a minute or two, but I mean, once we once they're talking with us, I mean, you're essentially getting three people that are capable of running a restaurant as like a floor summary in your wine program. Mm -hmm. We'll give them their undivided attention when we have the when we get around. To, to talking to them. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, um, the Let's sword. Talk about the food side. Well, too. the sword just entered the studio, so we'll be <laughs> um, we'll be savoring it a bit. This is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We've got wine, we've got booze, and we've got biscuits. We'll be back in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking Maxwell Park, the great new uh, wine bar with Nikki Lang, Daniel, and I think Nick wants to get us Kroll. drunk. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. It's it's going to happen. But so let's talk the food side because if you come into a wine bar, obviously you need some balance there. Uh, what what do you got on the menu and how do you do it? Um, I wanted this uh, when I was looking at wine bars. I wanted it to be like huge wine selection, small cocktails, small amount of beer, small amount of food. So our kitchen is like the size of a walk-in closet. I thought like, how do you make this uh, interesting? Wait, so Nikki's walk-in closet or <laughs> my walk-in? <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to look at that. Uh, so the uh, what I thought is like I want to get chefs in the in the neighborhood or different like you know well known chefs around uh, D.C. to do uh, a menu every couple months to, where they design five small plates. Mm -hmm. So we had Lonnie Zoller do the opening menu at the Royal do our opening menu. Tony Conti is taking over our menu in the next week. And then I've got other big name DC chefs lined up to do future menus and stuff. So what do they do? They come up, they consult, they put the menu together, and then you guys execute it. There? They they design five small plates. Uh, okay. We have a chef on site who uh, who executes them okay. under under the tutelage whoever the consulting chef is. Uh -huh. And then not only do you go to a wine bar where there's you know around thirty wines rotating every month, but it's a new chef and new menu every two months. That's really smart and very cool. I just want to ask, lastly. <laughs> Um, we are going to savor, uh, well, I'm not, but Brent is, uh, in no, we studio. We're going to do that in the commercial break. Uh, we'll be filming that live on Facebook Live. But I just want to ask, lastly, <laughs> um, about flights. Because I think a lot of people think if they go to a wine bar that there are going to be flights that you're going to offer. But as we were talking off air, that's not necessarily how it goes. Nikki? Yeah. Um, so we offer half glasses of everything mm -hmm. we pour by the glass so it's mostly if you tell us what you're interested in or what you like we're happy to you know make a flight of whatever we think is interesting or we think that you'd like um we do have 50 wines by the glass so there's a lot to choose from and right there's a lot to have fun with as far as flights so. a lot of different combinations yeah mm -hmm. all right great well we want to thank you guys for coming in this morning and for pouring some delicious wine tell everybody where they can find you thank you uh, at Maxwell DC Wine for everything and uh, the corner of 9th and Owen Shaw. 
Okay, great. Thank you, guys. All right, Nick, let's go back to you. Um, well, I got a question for Nick. Okay. You know, sure. I know, you know, we've been to the bar. You better watched, have a question for him. Right. We have a whole radio show to do with him. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we've watched you behind the bar doing mm-hmm. your thing. You look sure. like, you know, you're one of my mad scientist crew there. But, I mean, Tony Chittam is an awesome chef. Yes. He and he's he got is. his own perspective. Like, how much time do you guys And he's sp- in Greece right now. Right? He is. He's well, I getting, heard the grease I, is I the word. I think he's getting back in the next couple of days. Nobody? I think he's no, back. Nothing. And... Nobody? Nothing. Nobody got that? We all got Somebody, it. A we bunch just, of millennials. Yeah, the hell with you. <laughs> Anyways, how do you, I mean, because he's, and he's not a shrinking violet, so how do you sit down with him and say, this is what I want to do at the bar, and then match that up to his foods, and does, is there well, a... Well, oftentimes pro-co? it'll just be like a garnish or a process. Um, I end up using the vacuum sealer a lot uh, to, like, with the... Oleosaccharum in the last drink. Um, I had read about I had read about making it online, and then I said, "Hey, you know, we have this vacuum machine upstairs. How do I use it?" And uh, he walked me through that. Um, and then it's just um, talking with him about ingredients. Uh, definitely um, communicating with him, especially in the summer, um, all the time about what's fresh from the farms locally, um, what he's bringing in, and trying to coordinate that with his menu. Uh, as well. So if he's bringing in peaches, incorporating peaches in somehow. So so what um, What are you making next? So we have a drink called Southern Tea and Alchemy. Okay. Um, it's a milk-washed uh, cotton and reed dry spice rum, uh, Southern High Wire Amaro from Charleston, mm-hmm. and a black tea syrup with a little bit of citric acid. So okay. it's kind of cool, actually. If you see um, these two bottles here mm-hmm. for Facebook Live, uh, the... Southern high wire is pretty dark, as well as the cotton and reed. Mm-hmm. And then after we milk wash it, it strips out uh, a lot of the tannins from the tea and gets lighter in color. Neat. Um, so uh, we actually have this on draft. The idea is uh, it's a stirred cocktail that tastes kind of like southern sweet tea. So Great. All right. Yeah. Well, you pour that, cool. and we're going to have some ice cream. <laughs> All right. So while we're doing that, uh, let's talk. Not only one of the sweetest human beings in the world, but one of the Aww. most talented patients. He is. He's just a He's nice a guy. guy. Fabrice Bendano, who is the not only the pastry chef at Le Diplomat, he's a Ramy Pastry Chef of the Year award winner. Um, he's he is the master of the, the 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 dessert arts. That's what you are. Has come in because you started an ice cream cart. I'm getting a sugar high from just the smell of all this ice cream sitting here. What was the? Well, I know what the. You still know. haven't said Le Diplomat. I said Le Diplomat. I don't think you did. I did. Okay. Le Diplomat. There I just said it. Anyways, Fabrice, you're doing this. My first question is, how do you keep the ice cream from melting while you're rolling it around? Well, uh, we have an, an ice cream cart outside. We have an ice cream cart outside. And uh, who, um, when I grew up in Paris, uh, I saw the, um, we, we have all this ice cream uh, with tricycle all over uh, Paris. And, uh, and we wanted to bring... The guys that are just driving it around? Yeah, but not really because it's too, uh, it's not manageable. <laughs> Uh, we we pretend we pretend, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we we actually uh, offer every week uh, different uh, flavors, uh, and also what's uh, what's interesting is like I bring only flavors who people never heard of, or actually most of them. Are you making all the ice creams yourself? Everything from scratch. Wow. I can't believe you Every asked week. him that. Of course no, no, he no, is. no. Well, I mean, I just don't know if he's got somebody at a at a commissary somewhere that's working with him. I mean, you're a. I can't believe you're you're a busy guy. 
no, I wish uh, we have more space to do even more. Right. But right now, uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I have enough uh, enough on my plate right now with ice well, cream. Well, because you do the bread program, right? Yeah. The bread pro uh, the bread program, It's uh, we actually have a head baker okay. who's taking care of that. Okay. So it's completely separate from pastry. Oh, Are you it making is the cones too? No, they ask, they, right. the cones, we bring it uh, from France. Really? You bring the cones in from France? From France, yeah. Wow. But you dip them or no? Those ones we dip it. Yeah, yes. we dip them. Okay. We dip it and uh, we keep those uh, um, three color, you know, blue, white, red to mm -hmm. uh, remind uh, France. It could also remind US as well. Right, it goes both ways. Four and four. four so July. tell us, how, the world tell us a little again. bit exactly. about some of the flavors you're doing for the ice cream. Hmm? Tell us some of the flavors for the so ice cream. So right now we have, uh, I brought walnut ice cream. Mm -hmm. And uh, we Yum. have a caramelized crushed walnuts inside. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We have lemon verbena on one side, almond ice cream, and uh, the last one is mint. Yum. Oh. That's the so flavor of the week. When you're coming up with your flavors, are you how, how are you getting inspired? Inspired based on uh, the desert I've been doing uh, for the last past almost 30 years. Mm -hmm. And... Um, Based on the flavors, all the desert I've been uh, working on, I uh, always uh, it bring me uh, ideas for new flavors, mm -hmm. and um, and sometimes and you know it just the desert gives me idea to uh, to go to a different direction, mm -hmm. and uh, so that's what I, that's the way I come up with a new flavor. Because I think walnut is really interesting. I don't feel like you see it's very... walnut on a lot of menus, no. especially this time of year. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. It's definitely a flavor you uh, want to try because mm -hmm. it's but very interesting. But these are all your recipes, right? Yes. So yes. how much, what does it take to sort of play around with ice cream? Because you can't really try your ice cream until it's a finished thing. So you're are you back in the kitchen for hours? No, yeah, it's, I time myself. He's back you know, in the kitchen yeah. anyway. No. <laughs> I don't, you say that like he's back in the kitchen anyway, stupid. I know he's in the kitchen. But, I mean, you can't, unlike Nick, who can mix up a cocktail and see if it needs more, you're really, you know, you, you, you don't know the finished product until it's frozen, until it's on a cone. Well, you you can try the flavor before it freeze. You can... Uh, you taste the base. You, you taste the base, exactly. And mm -hmm. uh, it, makes, it gives you an, an idea of what's going to be the, f the final product. Uh, but the, the the idea also is we have like a, a packaget who um, I don't know for whoever it's very um, you can make uh, ice cream with a small amount oh. like pint mm -hmm. so it makes you um, it gives you more opportunity to play around with a small amount of uh, ice cream and uh, for R and D research and development mm -hmm. it's uh, interesting we can play uh, I do that almost like almost every day. So how often do you switch out the flavors? Every the week. Every week? Every week. The f our first day of the week is Friday. And I also think people should know that the cart is out front, up front outside yes. of the restaurant. So yes. you don't have to go in and sit down and eat, although you should. But if you don't... You could do both, actually. Right, exactly. Yeah, you could do both. So, you know, like I was both. there last week and watching people just, you know, throughout the evening yes. going, thank you, going and getting their... Um, dipped cones with their ice creams. I mean, it's just so much fun to, it's fun. It's very mm. different and it's a lot yeah. of fun. No, I mean, it brings like a, a personal touch to the to the restaurant and uh, and um, mm. people get excited about the um, new flavor cones, etc. Mm -hmm. And uh, it brings also um, a, a, another touch of uh, Paris and uh, in Washington, All right, DC. well, let's. I'm going to move us beyond ice cream to the rest of your skill set because oh. look at this thing. This is a blueberry muffin. 
It is? What is it's it? It's a financier, exactly. So financier. Yeah, so you're totally wrong. No. But getting that's there. That's not blueberry? Blueberry, you're right. Okay, wasn't that a, that's a muffin man in America. I don't know what In America, French yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what did you say? A finos- financier. Financier. So it's based with uh, brown butter. I remember and, uh, when Nikki was my financier. <laughs> yeah. and then we got married. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are also uh, I brought for you also uh, a basket of uh, our um, croissant. Also, we made uh, we made everything from scratch mm-hmm. from A to Z, and um, it brings you know like um, we are very What's proud that? to uh, to um, show this uh, basket of because uh, in a city you can't you see a lot of uh, French you know like um, croissant etc. But most of the time they are. Freshly baked, but not freshly made. Right, oh. and that makes I a difference. Say, Mon Dieu. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? What is this one? So this is a Queen Amman. It's a specialty from Brittany. Oh my God, these are my favorite. In the it's a croissant world. with a yeah, roll in sugar. Okay, I'm gonna eat that instead. Oh. I already know. So the financier, the chocolate croissant. The Today croissant. was gonna be my no carb day. Yeah. So nope, I guess not. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. It's always tomorrow. Right. Um, well, listen, we really appreciate you coming in today and bringing all your fabulous desserts. What are some of the just quickly? What are some of the like the new hot desserts on the menu? Right now, it's uh, the vacherin. We mm-hmm. have a vacherin uh, based with uh, lemon verbena and uh, mixed berries mm-hmm. uh, with coconut meringues all around. It's um, it's to try. Okay. It's to try. It's uh, also uh, very colorful. Mm. Yeah. Oh, what? Colorful. Oh, very colorful. All right, I okay, want to say one yeah. thing because we have two two seconds here. Last time we were in, mm-hmm. you sent out, you were so gracious. Chris, you sent out, we were in with a group, you sent out pretty much every dessert on the menu. True. Mm-hmm. And every one. I'm not getting paid by Fabrice, by the way, folks. I mean, everyone was <laughs> so incredibly good. You're a... You are the Michelangelo of pastries, my friend. Well, anyway. Thank you. I enjoy it. Mm. Well, so mm. while mm. you start scooping, yes, we have, uh, you know what, Andy, are we cool if we take a break early and then we'll come back? We're going to let Fabrice scoop. And then when we come back, uh, we're going to be talking about what's going on at the Watergate Hotel. We'll be back in just a sec. Hi, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. I want to remind everybody that Foodie and the Beast shows and special content created by Nikki, interviews and commentary are up on iTunes under Foodie and the Beast. we got a podcast going, and it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So we're back. Uh, Fabrice Bendano from La Diplomat is scooping very scooping frozen ice cream. Ice cream. Uh, let's go back to Nick Farrell. Nick, this this drink. Yeah, the tea is delicious. Yeah. You know, you should cool. go to Iron Gate to eat because the food is awesome. But, I mean, these drinks are crazy. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. glad you like them. That's, the tea is really one's... good. The first one was a little, it was good. Right. But, like, it really woke me up. <laughs> this like, Whoa. is terrific. But the tea is really, the tea would be bad because you don't really realize that it's right. heavy it in alcohol. Is, that is pretty much all alcohol. What are right. you doing with the lemon? What? That's I'm sorry? dehydrated. Oh, yeah. That's just a, um, that's a dehydrated lemon brush with uh, black tea syrup. That's delicious. Uh, the same black tea syrup that goes How into the How often do you change the cocktails? Seasonally. Seasonally. So uh, we mm-hmm. just changed two last week. Um, nothing is more than six months old right now. Okay. Um, and with all the fruits of the summer coming in, uh, we're going to be changing pretty frequently throughout the rest of the summer. So, Great. Yeah. All right. What are we making next? All right. Next up, we have um, marrying berries. Um, it is uh, tequila uh, and strawberry infused coqui americano with a dehydrated sangrita rim. And sangrita is not sangria. That's a traditional chaser in Mexico um, mm-hmm. for uh, tequila, but we just made a sugar salt out of it. So, um, so sangrita? bitter orange sangrita. Yes. 
uh, bitter orange, chili, pomegranate, um, all very Mediterranean ingredients, actually. Cool. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So now we're going to turn the subject to the storied, legendary Watergate Hotel. Jeff, have a seat. So with us today are the Watergate Hotel's executive chef, <clears throat> sorry, Michael Santoro and the GM, Jeff David. And there's a dinner coming up on the 25th to celebrate the hotel's 50th anniversary, but also to honor Jean-Louis. Chef, tell us about that. Hi, good morning. I have to Hi. get myself together here. I've had four shots. Two yeah, so, wine. I know. I know. It's hard when you're the third segment. <laughs> feel worse for Che because he's the fourth segment. We right? have some people in the hospital, actually. <laughs> yeah, so it is our 50th anniversary of the complex uh, this year and our first anniversary of the hotel relaunch this year. Mm -hmm. So we're having a, a very, very special dinner for all of us at the hotel. And we invited some chefs locally and also from New York to uh, help Salute John Louis and the history of the hotel and the political and culinary history of uh, the whole complex. Well, let's start from the beginning because we haven't had <clears> you guys in since you opened, and there's you did so much at the hotel. So let's just talk about sort of the redo of the hotel, and then I'd love to talk a little bit about Kingbird and what you guys are doing there because there's a lot of ways of dining within Kingbird itself. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the hotel. Yeah, so the hotel um, was closed in 2008 mm -hmm. and basically was purchased by Jacques and Raquel Cohen, who invested about $200 million into uh, renovating the hotel. I mean, that's what I would hotel. do with $200 million. You know what? Million. We offered 199 <laughs> I mean, really? I guess we right. got beat. Exactly. <laughs> um, and basically, um, we wanted to have it an homage uh, to the original inspiration by Luigi Moretti, who, you know, did this really avant-garde design. So interiors are um, glamorous, so to speak, uh, a lot of the European flair, a lot of chrome, a lot of glass, and a lot of curvature. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, just so we have two anniversaries. We actually have the anniversary of the hotel, and last month was the 45, 45th anniversary of the scandal. So we were taking our— the was a scandal? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> something, something had to do with an impeachment and Nixon and everything like that. But basically— <laughs> uh, we're Sounds like impeachment. <laughs> <laughs> No, we're taking the famous room 214 where G. Gordy Linney was calling the shots with the famous five uh, burglars called right. the plumbers. And uh, we've retained Lynn Paolo, who's the designer for the TV show Scandal, obviously. Mm -hmm. Very appropriate. Yeah. So we have little vignettes and little touches, so it's not a total theme park that um, our pencils say, I stole this from the Watergate. Our room keys, <laughs> That's our, cute. Our room keys cute. say, no need to break in. Cute. And then um, and actually, in, uh, for our 50th, we have this $50,000 Lux package of three nights in the presidential suite. And we close down the spa and the pool for you. We have helicopter rides. We have actual vinyl records and record players from uh, Soundtrack Hair and also... Um, Sergeant Pepper, Lonely Heart Band. That was in 1967, both number one. So there's a lot, and actually, real um, authentic Rolling Stone issues. So it's a really experiential type mm -hmm. package, and it's Sweet. just one of a kind. So those are the two things we're paying tribute aside from this dinner. So we're doing a lot with the hotel. That's great. God, there's so yeah. much going on. And let's talk about the restaurant Kingberg because you guys opened up to a lot of fanfare, rightfully so. Mm -hmm. But there's multiple ways to dine there. So let's hear about mm -hmm. that. Well, there's a few uh, options at the hotel. You have the rooftop, which is, uh, you know, this really Amazing views. beautiful Amazing. view. Yeah. Uh, High-end pizzas and great drinking. Um, we have the whiskey bar, which <clears throat> has, you know, rare, a very good rare selection of whiskeys and a really nice swanky kind of 
feel to it. Mm -hmm. And then you have Kingbird, which is your kind of upscale um, American with the French twist restaurant. And Very that's what, seasonal. But you're doing all of it? Yep. Wow. Yep. And we have in-room dining and banquets as well. Yeah. But then isn't there also a tasting? Well, yeah. So we, we had the back room for a while. And okay. what we always found out was that uh, people kind of just wanted to experience Kingbird as, as, as one is. restaurant. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what do we – tell us a little bit about what you're serving at Kingbird. Uh, well, right. I brought in a few dishes actually this okay. morning uh, to uh, to it's show. So Did they get eaten already? Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, you haven't, since you <laughs> haven't been know, on I the see... show recently, like if the food is not right in front of my husband, he gets really. <laughs> no, cranky. no, no. I see Brent chowing <laughs> down. Yeah. Like that. Well, here we'll slide <laughs> it down. Brent's like, Brent's like I got it. Fork, <laughs> you did yeah. say cheap at the beginning of the show. So. All right, so what we have that? we have a few things here. Yeah, this is a snapper dish with avocado. Gorgeous. Beautiful, pristine beautiful. fish mm -hmm. uh, from uh, Japan, actually. We, we have the, um, the tomato terrine, which uh, one of our sous chefs, Andrew Ho, uh, just recently produced. A very beautiful terrine, mm -hmm. salt turned jelly, and a um, nice little panda and tail for the top of it. And then we have a uh, beef tartare dish over here with aji yamarillo uh, mayo. Oh, that sounds delicious. So nice and spicy and zesty. Wow. Let's talk about this dinner <clears throat> that you guys are doing. Why do it? Well, wait, I think what? we should start. There are lots of people listening who have never heard of Jean-Louis Lots Pelletier. and lots and lots. Yes. Lots and lots and lots of people That's are listening. That's amazing. It's amazing and people Hello, have Hello, Russia. Heard of it. <laughs> uh, but I mean, there are a lot of people who've never heard of Jean-Louis Paladin and don't know what his impact was here Can you take that in from DC. her, please? Well, he was, the, uh, he was a two-star Michelin chef from France, mm -hmm. and he came here to D.C. back when, you know, there was still you know, gun shooting in, 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 you know, Northwest area. So he uh, transformed the culinary scene here and was responsible for grooming many, many chefs from Daniel Balloud to Eric Repair, Robert Wiedemeyer, Roberto Dana. Um, so his legacy, his tree, his uh, chef tree is uh, very widespread. Um, so it's uh, it's a very you we know, should actually do a shout out to Michelle Richard who passed away most mm -hmm. definitely most definitely months ago. But mm -hmm. I mean, those guys were all they were like the seven musketeers. Yep, they were. They were they the originators. They were quite a crew. Yeah, yep. right. Yep. They were quite a lot crew. of lot of great stories uh, to come from but people. When that a lot of stories doing... we can't say on air. Yeah, kind right. of stories. That's, that's right. correct. That's right. You remember <laughs> girls, anyway. <laughs> but but I mean, he was doing stuff, stuff. He was presenting dishes. They were blowing people's minds. Yeah. And yeah. it was the talk of Washington because even back then, there were probably 10 restaurants on everybody's radar. There were a lot of power restaurants, steakhouses. I was going to say things. a lot That's of right. steakhouses. And yep. then he and Dominique, uh, uh, what was Dominique's last name? But Dominique's restaurant was serving Tiger at that point. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. that was a little weird. <laughs> yeah. But other That's than that, Jean-Louis was doing things <laughs> that just blew people He away. was the first, first guy really to really, really focused in on the seasonal products of America. Um, he was, you know, he would go to um, Maine Brown Trading and get with those guys and find scallops and find Maine lobsters. He would cook Shad Row, which nobody was really cooking. Um, I think what, like those chefs, when they came from, whether it was Italy or France or, um, you know, from coming over from Europe, not having an idea of, of the United States, you know, and what was happening here, like they found all this pristine product yeah. and I think they were surprised by it but then inspired by it and that's why they were able to take their techniques and apply them to the products available here yeah absolutely and you know and change the way I mean when you look at DC dining today I mean they really had a huge influence mm -hmm. on how we're eating here mm -hmm. absolutely so how did you select the chefs I mean Robert and Brian make 
perfect sense. And Robert, mm-hmm. Robert, did Robert work for Jean Louis originally? He was the was chef the of the kid? hotel, right? And he oh, uh, asked right. permi- he, he asked permission from Jean Louis if he could be the chef there. So Jean Louis was like, yeah. Absolutely. So how are you guys doing this dinner? Explain how it's going to break down. So they're coming down. They're making um, dishes. Each chef is making a dish, and we have a psalm pairing with it. And uh, it's we're selling tickets on Eventbrite. You can mm-hmm. find the link on the website or Instagram. Um, there's still a few tickets available. It's uh, two hundred fifty dollars all in, inclusive of tip, tax, gratuity, wine, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. So you come in, um, you get your ticket, and the whole night is yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, chefs are going to be talking to everybody. We're going to be going out and just having a, a a lot of fun with it. And for the hotel, how does the <clears throat> hotel work in with this? Like, what? Why was this so important for the hotel? Well, like I said, uh, I think it was um, a trendsetter, is revolutionary, and we're just basically you know, paying a big tribute and a big, you know, historical reminder of the past. Mm-hmm. So, um, Will you be taking people on tour of the roof that I replaced when I was 17? Yeah, you were telling <laughs> yeah, me about a, that. Yeah, I spent yeah. a summer d- drilling that thing with an air hammer and a, a construction crew. It was the worst job I ever had. I thought I was going to die up there. <laughs> so oh, hot. my gosh, yeah. 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 So David Nellis Memorial Death Spot. But for yeah. people who have not been to the rooftop, oh, it's glorious. Yeah. it's... Fabulous. It's like the greatest bar in the city. I mean, it's just like the views are spectacular. It's really beautiful. What do you have to do to reserve a spot now for July 4th next year? Because that is the primo spot. Yeah. No, um, more to follow. Who do we have to know? I think it's really what David's (laughs) You're you're a good company. company. I know a few people. I have a couple of connections (laughs) in the Watergate. So, yeah, absolutely. I guess, like I said, the rooftop is actually the big activation for the summer. Um, But we've been transitioning in and out of our programming just to become basically uh, we're looking to hit our fifth star next year and we want to be luxury but relevant so it was that teeter-totter of lifestyle and mm-hmm. luxury at the same time so we still have a couple of seconds talk about yeah. the, the meeting space in the ballroom because I mean to have a wedding or a bar mitzvah or whatever there would be which thank god we do not have to do no, we're anymore done we are so done yeah <laughs> well, wait you're not pregnant <laughs> damn <laughs> yeah no, we have great, we have uh, amazing venues, um, even Evan having the ceremony on the roof and actually uh, the reception mm-hmm. uh, downstairs. Um, but we have a 7,000 square foot ballroom, you know, we've had 300, 400 people mm-hmm. um, at one time. We've had, uh, you know, tech companies go public and they celebrate there to the traditional bar mitzvah and wedding. So it's really versatile space. Yeah. All right. And now, and Michael, we- you're in charge of all the... Yep. All the caterers. We haven't yep. mentioned the other two chefs. Let's talk about how you got them in and what they're is there do they have a connection to, to Jean Louis? Uh so Paul Liebrandt was a, a mentoring chef uh, of mine. So I wanted him to to be a part of this as well. Um mm-hmm. he's a huge Jean Louis uh, follower. Is that like sucking up to the teacher kind of? No, nah, I don't work for him anymore. All so right, it's okay. more like, hey, hey buddy, let's do this. <laughs> Uh, Michael Lee Esconis, it was Eric Repair's pastry chef at uh, Three Michelin Star mm-hmm. um, Le Bernardin Le Bernardin. in New York. And, Le, and Eric worked for Jean-Louis. Mm-hmm. So um, that's a very close connection, personal connection as well. And then, of course, Weed Meyer, you know, and McBride. Well, it's going to be fun for you, right? It's going like, to get all those guys in the kitchen. Yeah, right. the guys are a little nervous back there right now, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll settle down. Robert Wiedemeyer is never nervous. No, the, the cooks, our yeah. cooks, Your cook. our cooks. Yeah, they're like, "What is going to happen on Tuesday?" All right, I just want to make sure tickets are two fifty, all inclusive, and mm-hmm. you get them on Eventbrite, right? Correct. And all where right. can they find the Watergate Hotel? Right, twenty six fifty Virginia, right mm-hmm. in Foggy Bottom, right near the water on the Potomac. Great. Well, thank you. Well, guys if you so don't much. know that, <laughs> you ain't from Washington. Google Maps. Right. By the way, the um, steak tartare is just 
glorious. Thank you. It's delicious. So thank, thank you. you. Okay, this no. is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We're going to take a quick break. And while we are off air, we are going to be sabering live on Facebook Live with Frank Kroll. Check it out. Saber life. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. I do want to thank you. Just heard a commercial from the market at River Falls, which is having a fabulous July special. 20% off on those amazing pies and the ice cream. You heard about it in the commercial. Go there. Get that. It's all so good. Um, also want to thank our friends at ProFish and Celebrity Cruises and Central Farm Markets for sponsoring the show. And uh, they're just out in the hall sabering that champagne. Uh-huh. And I've got Che Yi in here from uh, District Distilling Company with <clears throat> these biscuits. Che, give us the, the, the background on this. I'm just going to eat. The uh, the lowdown is uh, our chef, Justin Bidner, is, uh, is basically a Maryland gentleman farmer. Um, mm-hmm. And biscuits are his thing. I challenge anybody to try a better biscuit um, and really just want to build off of a great thing. He started off with a fried chicken biscuit, but we've got a, such a diverse community inside the kitchen that everyone started making their own riffs off the biscuit. Right. And we want to feature it in our happy hour. Um, so let's just talk about, like, I think when people think of district distilling... They think think about your spirits. So let's talk about your spirit program, and then we can go into more like how the food works with that, because now you are getting to be known more for your food as well. That's right. And, you know, and, you know, again, just getting back to the biscuits briefly, what better way to soak up a lot of the spirits? (laughs) You need need a biscuit. (laughs) Um, Our spirits, our head distiller, Matt Strickland, has a very storied history, Um, a very talented distiller. uh, And he's made, I think we've released eight products this past year. Which is insane. Which is insane because we've only been open for less than a year. Right. Um, But he's been producing before we actually opened our doors. We just released a barrel aged gin um, off of our award winning Checkerbark gin featuring foraged juniper berries from the West uh, West uh, West Texas mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also got CNO Tradesman whiskey. It's a blend of four different whiskeys that has been cask finished in a porter beer barrel from my buddy's brewery up in uh, Atlantic Highlands, New Jersey, called Carton Brewing. Mm-hmm. But it's been sitting in the porter beer barrels for about uh, seven months, and we were releasing two more uh, two more renditions of the CNO Tradesman whiskey series later this year. Was there was the wow. original plan because Justin's a really Talented chef. With the original plan to be a distillery, and then somebody said, ah, let's have a restaurant, too. I mean, how did that <laughs> yeah, work? Yeah, how did that work? You know, we are, we're situated in a space right off of uh, On U Street, uh, right off of 14th Street, right. in mm-hmm. a series of uh, five row houses. It's like a terrible location. Like, I can't even imagine. <laughs> and you Bad know, site why selection. anybody would pick that location ever? You know, it's, we start off wanting to have a distillery, but... The the location just dictated that you know we should have a we should have a restaurant here because we're right off of 14th Street and 14th Street's all about great restaurants, great food, uh, great going out dining culture. So mm-hmm. it just all kind of made sense, and Justin was a perfect fit for our spirits program. And what was it that like? What let's talk a little bit about the food. I mean, I know you're doing these biscuits, mm-hmm. but what else is going on there? Uh, you know, we wanted we wanted the spirit we wanted the food program to really accentuate what we're doing with the spirits. So Justin focuses heavily on seasonal ingredients, um, mm-hmm. you know, and in conjunction, we've got an experiment, we've got a couple of experimental spirits programs that are happening based upon some of the adventures that Justin's had out, uh, out on his dad's uh, farm in mm-hmm. Pennsylvania um, that we're releasing next year. I'm a little reluctant to, uh, to reveal them right now because we're still kind of uh, prototyping them. Mm-hmm. But basically, they're focused on using foraged ingredients from, uh, from Pennsylvania that Justin and um, Justin went out with some other staff members to do. Okay, now let's talk about all the different things we're putting on these biscuits, because 
I don't even know what I'm eating anymore. You it's just so good. Yellow. So <laughs> what? Let's talk about what we're doing. Yeah. In addition to the, uh, in addition to the, uh, just the, uh, the famous fried chicken biscuit, we've got uh, some fried mortadella with Chihuahua cheese. We've also got a chorizo, homemade chorizo. Wait, what kind of cheese? Chihuahua, made like, from real chihuahua. Like, what, 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 what? <laughs> no, wait, 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 I want to hear. How you milk a chihuahua. Yeah, me too. How does that happen? Very slowly. With, uh, all with great with tenderness. We need small hands. <laughs> um, well, wait, President Trump? Never mind. No. Oh, David. And uh, we've also got a chihuahua with the roasted poblano, uh, poblano ch- uh, peppers, chilies rather, um, mm-hmm. and also with the chihuahua cheese and a little chipotle mayo. And so are these available all the time? These are only featured. So uh, the specialty biscuits are only featured at happy hour. Um, They're offered for $4. The backroom biscuit happy hour. That's right. These are $4? They're $4 for happy hour. We're only offering them for happy hour. That is a steal. Wow. Mm -hmm. And when is happy hour? When do you guys do it? Mondays through Fridays, 4 to 7. Okay. You want your seal of approval? One of the great pastry chefs of all time from Pennsylvania is over there demolishing a fried chicken biscuit. Good um, man. Yeah. So, with your spirits, are you guys looking to like? Are they in other restaurants? Like, how? What is the plan for your your distillery? Right. Well, we're planning on you know focusing right now just on D.C. We're distributed currently in D.C. and in Maryland, and obviously just want to take care of our local markets. But mm-hmm. we've got um, we've got our eyes on distributing nationwide mm-hmm. with certain key states. Certainly Texas, because Texas is a a key state where we get a lot of our juniper berries from. Okay. We forage our juniper berries from the Davis Mountain, mm-hmm. the West Texas Hills. Um, but right now, we're really just focused on what we're doing here locally. So, like, would like Nick? Do you have their stuff in? Your restaurant? Uh, Am not, I throwing you under the no, bus in the no, biggest no, way no. ever? No. <laughs> uh, I don't currently, but we're going to talk after the show. Oh, okay, I was going to say, otherwise... I... a little networking in <laughs> studio. Otherwise, you better find someone to start your car. Um, what would you say, like, of the spirits? You Like, you brought in a variety of spirits today. Like, what would mm-hmm. you say? Like, what is what are you leaning towards right now? Well, you know, all of these products, it's really like trying to pick between uh, your children which one is my favorite. But I think, you know, all these products are really great. The one that really stands out, the Checkerbark Barrel Age, uh, Barrel Restage, excuse me, is, uh, is quite unique, mm-hmm. I think, uh, in the local market, certainly, and just nationally. There isn't a huge market for barrel-aged gins. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the product that really stands out to me is actually our vodka. Vodka, we named it Corridor after the U Street Corridor, mm-hmm. of course. And um, of all the products, it's the most unique. Our gins taste like gins. They're wonderful and they're fantastic. But the vodka really is like no other vodka that anyone's ever had before. All right, The well, labeling's very nice, too. Yeah, the, great your labels are really beautiful and the bottles are great. All right, well, we're almost done here. So... Can you tell everybody where they can find you once again, please? We are located on 1414 U Street Northwest, mm-hmm. uh, right off the corner of 14th Street and U. Excellent. Thank you so much. That's And online, District Distilling District Co. District Distilling, uh, district-distilling.com. Okay, great. Thank you so much. All right. We're going right, to wrap up with Nick Farrell from Iron Gate. Nick. Sure. I mean. Hi. We can't walk. But <laughs> she says we. She really means me. I mean, me, me but, may. No. Okay. I can walk. Okay. Um, what are you making? All right, so our last cocktail here is Baklava Needs Bees. Uh, it is brown butter washed gin. Um, it's Bar Hill gin, so it's finished. What with does honey. that mean? What does that mean? So, Quickly, because uh, we only have like I brown, four, four sure. minutes. I brown some butter um, and then uh, throw it in the gin uh, and let it sit for about a day and then freeze it. Um, and the butter freezes and the alcohol does not. And then you right. strain it off. Um, it adds a lot of flavor. It also adds texture to the I gin. I was going to say, does, the, does uh, some the, of the, the fat, fat stay th- in? Th- now, was Not that an really, experiment, no. or was that something you knew people um, do? No, uh, people do fat washing a lot. Um, 
nobody really fat washes a gin too often because um, it's a little weird, uh, but uh, it works for this cocktail. Um, I fat so... washed in the shower this morning, right here. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you had to know that was coming. Come on. <laughs> Th- thanks for the setup. Somebody say impeachment again, please. <laughs> So okay. yeah, the idea behind this is it's just um, it is a cocktail that tastes like baklava, um, which is kind of cool. So, that is kind of um, cool. So Don Chicho Figli Nocino, uh-huh. um, and then a uh, honey vinegar from uh, Lindera Farms, which is local in Virginia. It's a wild rose vinegar, um, as well as a pistachio honey orgiat that uh, we make ourselves. So mm, that's does delicious. Francesco so, yeah, Amadeo like have Don Chicho in every bar in the city? It kind of sounds like it, doesn't it? <laughs> My God, All doesn't right. he? Doesn't he live upstairs? He does live upstairs. Yeah. He pops in from time to time. <laughs> he does. He lives right upstairs. All right, Nick. Just lastly, tell people like when they come to Iron Gate, like what they can expect. You have like one minute. Sure. Um, we have a beautiful patio with wisteria and grapevines covering it. So uh, in the summer, that's a great place to dine and just. Hang out, have a nice glass of wine, have a cocktail, um, eat some delicious food. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, in the winter, and I mean, both places are open throughout the season, uh, we have a really nice uh, back dining room, uh, which is a converted uh, stable house. So pretty. Um, nice and cozy with a beautiful fireplace. Mm-hmm. And right, the a, booths are the original stalls, aren't yes, they? Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, they, they used to be. There's, there's one outline of a stall now. Um, and then there's a, a really cool bar as you walk in. It's actually in an alleyway. Right. Um, it's so, so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really fun space. It's three distinct spaces that work together really All well. All right. Well, everybody go see It's Nick. on N Street between Connecticut and what? Oh, be, uh, it's on N Street between 17th and 18th. Yeah. 17th and 18th. So, yeah. All right. Just south of DuPont. South southeast of Dupont Circle. It's funny. I know how so. to get there. I don't know yeah. what the address is. Right. Well, thanks so much. All right. Nick. Thanks. Okay. Nick. Thank you. Well, we want to thank everybody for uh, coming in today. There's so much good food and good wine and well, good spirits. Let me remind but, everybody. Everything hurry, you saw on the show and heard about, uh, you can find on Nikki's website, thelistareyouonit.com. Follow her on Twitter along with the rest of Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and she's, Instagram and yeah, Instagram and. And who what? And Facebook. And Facebook. And she's also live on WTOP every Thursday at 1240. And mm-hmm. then, you know, every I mean, she's again. everywhere. She's Oprah. Okay. Well, thanks, everybody, for coming in studio today and for all the delicious treats. Next week's show is going to be fabulous. We have the chef from Cirque du Soleil coming in. We're going to find out how he goes about feeding all those. He's going to be hanging from a wire. <laughs> right. Contortionist. Uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So thank you for joining us today. And everybody, please have a delicious week.